0: Woo. What an awesome day so far, huh? In our worship and just everything that's been said, that offering message, glory to God. God is good and His Word is true. Can you say amen? Well, we are here for the last, or you're here for the last message in our series, You Asked For It. And... um I attempted to get every one of the cards met but I didn't I didn't totally make it but got close. And uh today title of our message is this is not the end. And um we're going to just real quickly today and short little message because later on at another time we're going to do a series on eschatology in times and understanding it and uh, and just to add another time we are but we're going to just make a few comments about it but mainly we're going to talk about heaven and hell and what is like life look like after this life lot several people filled out cards regarding that and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of information out there in the world on the internet. A lot of people have different ideas so we're going we're gonna to address that and talk about it a little bit. I, I've got some feedback up here. Can you, can you shut me down just a tad? Um, before I get into that real quickly, um, if you are not a member of Gates of the City, and you desire to be uh, periodically through the year. We do what we call our Genesis class. It's two Sunday, two Sundays in, in in the morning before service, and there'll be information about it. We've got another one coming up in September. I encourage you to sign up if you haven't joined the church. Um, there's a sign up in the back on the information table if you desire to be a member and you're and you're not you may have already gone through the Genesis class and you're not a member you can sign up in the back at the information station. And and then there're different meetings that we have as church members in the body that you'll be a part of. So if you do, I've had several people mention that and and, and desiring to be members of the body. So if you're interested in that, number one, make sure to go through the Genesis class, or if you already have, there's a sign up at the, at the information station in the back. Amen? Um. So, I want to I wanna really, kind of in this message, I just want to talk to you a little bit Um. Because, you know, um, I've been saved for 40 years. And through the years, um, there's been a, I've heard a lot of things preached about end times. I've heard a lot of things preached about heaven and hell. I've heard a lot of opinions um, that people have about heaven and hell and um, you know it, what's interesting is that th- through the years there's there, there there's a lot of people I have a number of spiritual fathers I have um, a number of people that I've put a lot of stock in in their in their teaching and the ministry of the word through the years and um When I say that I put a lot of stock in it, things that I've heard from other people, when I've studied the Word and it bears witness to me, I put a lot of stock in that because the Word that was preached taught me something. So I put stock in that. But I don't care who it is. I don't care who preaches it. I don't care. If I can't, clearly see it in the word i can't preach it i i i can't go and read a book by somebody that i have a lot of respect for if i don't agree with what they wrote in the book i can't preach it i can't make that my own because you today when i share with you what i'm sharing with you this is my own now there's a lot that i don't understand and i tell you about end times, there is a lot regarding end times and things maybe that if you've been in the church world for very long, you've probably heard all kinds of different truths or, 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 or ideas that people have about the end times and what it looks like, heaven and hell. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people in Hollywood that just feel like that I mean, I, I'm, just talk, I'm just telling you what I've heard. Maybe there's, not, maybe there's a whole bunch that aren't this way, but I've heard a lot of people in Hollywood that say that when you leave this body, that you just go to sleep and that's it. Your life is over with. Well, you know, I mean, that sounds, I well, that didn't even sound good. <laughs> yeah, like, title of my message, This Isn't It, You know, it's not over. This isn't all there is, in other words. What's the title of my message? This is not the end. (laughs) Something like that. Um, This isn't all there is. Surely this isn't all there is. Surely. Come on. But I have glimpses inside of me of how good he is. And that's what really matters. Um, But the the other thing about God is that God's been—he's been labeled a lot of things through the years. Um, He's been labeled baby killers. He's been—he's been labeled a, you know, he's been labeled being. a non-compassionate God. Um, I mean, He's been labeled all kinds of things because people don't really understand Him. But but the truth of the matter is, He just is what He is. (laughs) But He is compassion. But He is truth. And He does not lie. And, and how many know when a person won't lie to you but will tell you the truth, sometimes what they say can appear to be offensive when they won't lie to you. Uh, do, do you like these shoes, This these pants? Do you like this? Well, not, not really. No, they, they're too tight or they're too big or they're too this or that or you may have a dress on and you're asking somebody, you know, does this look good? And somebody thinks it looks horrible, but they lie to you and they don't tell you the truth. You know, those kind of things. But what if they told you the truth? What would you do? Most people would be offended. So, see, when the truth comes out of what God really thinks about something, a lot of times people can be real offended. So, after 40 years... That's kind of the way that I've, I mean, I want to be that more and more, but that's the way I've become. It really doesn't matter. Because if it's truth, then we just, we have to say it. You know, I have a platform here that God's given me for over 29 years, and we've spoken the truth. There's some things that I said 29 years ago that I kind of don't believe that way. Because things evolve. Truth evolves, revelation evolves. I saw some things 25 years ago that I don't see it exactly like that today, but it should be that way. It should be that way with all of us, right? What you believed about life when you were five years old, should it be different than the way it is today? Yeah, but it should be. You should be a little farther along than a five year old. And that's the way it is with all of us. And so. I'm just, I mean, this is in absolutely no way. Actually, it's only one piece of paper today. So this is not some exhaustive study on the end times and heaven and hell and all these kind of things. But I just want to just, people have a lot of questions about what what does life look like after this? What does the Bible say? Well, I, I personally, sometimes, and probably people say this about me, I guess, but sometimes I'm shocked some of the things that people get that they think the Bible says, that when I look at it, man, I don't see the Bible saying that. And so we don't have to be overwhelmed with, well, there's 900 different opinions. We don't have to be overwhelmed with that. We can be confident that the Holy Ghost in us, if we will listen to Him and let Him reveal truth to us, He he will make things right for us. He he leads and directs the paths and the steps of the righteous. Amen? And He will not lead you astray. But I'm going to ask you one question about end times or how things are going to end in the life, in the dispensation of time that we live in. I'm going to ask you this one question. Does it really matter For you to know 100% how it's going to end. Okay. So think about that. Um, Let's look at 2 Peter 3. And verse... um, Well, actually, let's look at 2 Peter 3, 9 first. And then we're going to read some other stuff out of 2 Peter three here as we go. i am still got some feedback on this. Can, you, can we do something a little bit? It seems like it's a little whatever. Um, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not God's will for anybody to perish, but everybody come to a place of repentance. In other words, everybody come to a place of their acknowledging their need of God. That's what God's desire is, that everybody would come to that place. Now, The verse right before that says this. It's interesting. We quote this a lot in different things. But notice verse 8 says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. And then it says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, or he's not late concerning his promise. In other words, what he's saying there is, if God has promised something, it's going to happen. And he's not late. He's not a day late nor a dollar short for anything that he's promised in his word, and it will come to pass. But a day's like a thousand years. <laughs> a day's like a thousand years. In other words, God's not in a real big hurry. You're right. What God wants is to see people trust Him. That that's what God is after. God is after. A world where people will trust him. And he's long-suffering and patient for that to happen and come to pass. How many can say amen to that? Amen. So he's long-suffering for us. We're going to come back to Second Peter 3 in a moment. But look at Matthew 25 and verse 41. then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me you cursed into the everlasting fire that is prepared for the devil and his angels. God doesn't desire for any to perish, and hell was created for the devil and his demons. His demons are the third of the angels that were cast out of heaven when he was cast out because of his takeover rebellious attitude. And and as a result of that, hell was created for them. That's their destiny and that's what they were created for. Hell was not created for man. Hell was not created for mankind. But all through the Bible... God describes hell, and it was created for the devil and his angels or his demons. Don't forget that. Revelation 20 and verse 11. Just laying a little foundation for what I'm going to show you in the scripture here today. Verse 11. I'm I'm, going to say something to you today that maybe nobody in here, you may have heard this, or I don't know if I've I've said it, but it's something that I believe the Holy Spirit has given me in this passage of scripture, and I'm going to give it out to you, and I want you to think about it, because I believe this is the nature of God regarding eternity. In verse 11 it says, Then I saw a great white throne, this is John's revelation, I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the death and Hades Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, like I said, we don't have a lot of time, and long story short here, he's talking about hell itself, which was created for the devil and demons. But it said, whoever's name was not written in the book of life goes to hell. Now, there's about... 17 scriptures in the Bible that I don't have time to look at today. Again, we're going to do a whole series on eschatology and we're going to look at this because I feel like it's important. But let's let's think about for a moment before we look at this because I've heard this preached so many different ways and most of what is preached along this line is preached in fear. And from Genesis to Revelation, and especially in this dispensation of time, which is the church age, since Jesus accomplished what he did, God never speaks to his church through fear. Ever. There's never one thing ever spoken to us in fear. So to read a passage of Scripture right here and be afraid that your name isn't written? Well, maybe I've done too many things wrong, and so God's not choosing to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Well, before the foundation of the world, we've taught this for a while here lately, before the foundation of the world, God had a plan for you. Every human being ever on the planet Every human being had a plan for them before the foundation of the world, before you were thought about, and your natural mind has difficulty understanding that, but that's what the Word says. And what I'm telling you is, right then, your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Right then. The only way that your name gets excommunicated from the Lamb's Book of Life is through you. You not choosing him, and you choosing to believe lies. And when you choose that, then your name is erased, is removed. Because God's plan is that none would perish. Did he say that? God's plan is that none would perish. So if that was his plan before the foundation of the world, then we all have to be in that book. And I'm telling you today, my name's in the book. How about you? I, 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 if you're born again, then your name is in the book, and God's not erasing it because God's not looking for a plan trying to get people to hell. Hell wasn't created for people. But God is matter of fact. He's He's very matter-of-factly who he is, and when he says something, that's the way it is, and he said, if your name's not written in the book, you go to hell for eternity. Again, this is the God of compassion, this is the God that loves people, that created all of us, that desires nothing but good for us, but God said that. And 17 scriptures in the Bible back that up. So, my life, my wife and I, we're about kingdom business. We're about seeing people, one, in the kingdom, coming into the kingdom of God. Every day, throughout the day, my life is invested. Whether it's people here at Gates of the City, it's friends, families, uh, other pastor friends that look to me. People literally all over the world, I'm Skyping a lot of days or I'm FaceTiming with people in different places. My life is invested in helping people to understand what it is to be born again and then to live the life free from the control of the enemy. I've invested my whole life in that. That's what I want to do. That's what I desire to do. That's what I'm doing. That's what we'll always do. We're about kingdom business. Jesus said, I'm, I'm about my Father's business. So we just got to be about the Father's business doing it. But, but, So that's why we have to have an open mouth and we have to be ready in season and out for people that think different than what I'm telling you right here that don't have the peace that I have. See, I have peace about saying this. I have peace about what I believe and not all of my pastor friends even necessarily believe. They might stand there and argue with me a little bit about what I just said. That's fine. It doesn't doesn't matter. I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost has told me is truth for me. So I'm giving it to you, then the Holy Ghost has to reveal that to you. But that's the nature of God. See, See, you can't take a scripture and make it say something that doesn't line up with the nature of God. See, it's His nature that none perish. That's His nature. But He created hell for people? Nah. He created hell for the devil and demons. So God wants people free now on the receiving end. See, see is this the end? Is this all there is? Absolutely not. Thank God it's not all there is. And, and the reason I say that is, the, and now I don't say thank, it's not so much that I say thank God that this isn't all there is. I know this isn't all there is. See, I can see it. And, and I can see it day to day. I can see it in the earth. I can see it. I'm, I'm not talking about seeing just being over on the other side and I, I can't wait to get out of here. No, I want to live longer here now because I see it now. I see how good God is and and how many people don't realize how good He is and that He saved them and He loved them and He created them for His own desire and purpose and, and I want to help people understand that. Man, I get that today like I've never gotten it ever, ever, ever. So I'm telling you today, I believe that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, whether you're born again or you're not born again. For it to remain, you have to become born again and live for God. Luke 16. Now, what happens when we leave here? How, how does that all work? Well, I don't totally understand it all, but I'm going to read you a few passages in the Scripture that talk about it. So this is Jesus talking about two literal people. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's a semi-parable, but it's two literal people. He said, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a beggar, a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores who was laid at his gate. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and, he, and they licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The beggar died and the angels escorted Lazarus to Abraham's bosom. They escorted him. So he died and the angels escorted him. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, in hell, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, where they both were, actually I said he was in hell, he wasn't. He was in Hades, which was like a holding place for hell. And, and it was still hot. And it was still tormenting. And Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom because this was before the cross. The blood of Jesus had not purified the Holy of Holies and, and opened the way for people into heaven itself. Because of what Adam and Eve had done in the garden. And it says here, so, so here's, here's a picture, a story of what went on after these two men died. Then he cried and said, verse 24, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot. So Lazarus couldn't come and cool him off. Nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to them, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, in other words, Lazarus being raised from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. So, here are two people that leave this earth. And in leaving the earth, one goes to Abraham's bosom, or the holding tank that humanity was in before Jesus died and accomplished what he did. And the other, in the holding tank, if you will, for hell, where, where people that had not been judged because the judgment hadn't come because the blood of Jesus had not been shed. And notice here, in this story of, of these two, look, look at verse 26 again. It says, And besides all this, between us and you there's a great gulf, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. And then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house because I have five brothers. So he's, he's wanting to accomplish something. So there's conversation after we leave this body. There's all this conversation going on. This guy from across the Gulf is talking to Father Abraham and so there's conversation going on, so what does that mean? That means we're not asleep, we're alive. Amen? When you leave this body and your physical body goes to the ground or to ashes or wherever it goes, that's not the end. Actually, that's just the beginning. It's the beginning of eternity for the rest of time and where you live and exist is determined on the choice you make. <laughs> Where you live is determined on the choice that you make. You know, you know what? So here, here's here's the thing. And this is the nature of God. This isn't rocket science. This is real simple. You don't have to be afraid of going to hell if you accept Jesus as your Savior. Amen. I, I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, okay, it, and, and, and it's it's not like I'm going to accept Jesus and then I'm man I'm tilting if I make any mistakes. No, no. When you make mistakes, you have the righteous one, Jesus, who is your advocate, he stood in for you, so when you make mistakes, you can, you can go to him and not from him. See, see, people that are running from him, afraid of him, it's because they don't know him. So it's not enough to just get born again, but you've got to learn and, and come to a place where you begin to know him. And when you know him, you begin to know who he is and how much he loves you. And he, and it's we're not in this thing in life like it's, you know, I mean, it's, you know, nip or tuck to the end. Am I going to make it or am I not? No, I'm in. I'm in. Now, I'm not in with a haughtiness or an attitude or... Whatever, I'm in it with a grateful heart for what Jesus Christ has done and accomplished. How about you today? Amen? I mean, he's accomplished something great, and what it's done is it's made me go to him and not run from him. Because times when I've run from him in fear, it's because I'm not being honest with what's in my own heart. Say this after me today. I am forgiven. You need to tell yourself that every single day. That's part of my confession every day. Part of the things that I do every day as a routine is I remind myself every day I am forgiven. Any mistake I've ever made, I'm forgiven. And if I've made a mistake that I'm not correcting, Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. He'll show me what it is. But I'm forgiven because my whole life, my whole life hinges on the blood of Jesus and the tortured body of Jesus that what he accomplished is real. My whole life hinges on that right there. Everything. Everything. That's where my faith is. That's where my confidence is. And I will not go and my destiny end up being someplace that was created for a a, a nasty devil and a bunch of demons. I'm not living there. I'm not living there. And you know what? know maybe not me yelling as much or whatever but the world needs to hear it just this way and if they'll hear it this way they'll get it because it's 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 ensinged on every human being's heart that the god of the bible is real and he's the only god there's not a plethora of different gods there's not just you know 900 streams that flow all to the same god there's one way and it's through jesus christ that's it See, because that's what the Bible says. Again, it's a matter-of-fact thing. And you don't have to, listen, never get in a war with someone over what they believe. Never, ever, ever find yourself trying to prove somebody wrong. I'm going to be real bold about this. All the people that have ever spent a lot of time against different denominations and organizations, and religions, and those kind of things, they're wasting their time. Because the more time you spend trying to figure out why other people believe the the, the way they do, and then you proving them wrong, you're wasting so much time from developing your relationship with God and growing up in Him. Because listen, when those people come to you and you're developing your relationship with God, He'll give you a word in a moment that will liberate their lives in supernatural ways. I've seen it happen time and time and time and time again. I'm just telling you right now, don't spend any time coming against Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses. I don't don't care what denomination or groups of people that are out there, whatever they call themselves, religions or whatever, do not spend time coming against those people. Love them and the kindness of God will lead them to a place of deliverance. It may not be through you, but if you love them and you don't war against them and you realize they were created in the image of God the same way, they'll come to the truth too. Because I'll just tell you this, the time that so many of these people have spent hammering these people instead of praying for them, it's amazing the deliverance that could have come to their life or the things that their eyes could have been opened up. I, I, I realize, I've spent hours with Mormons, hours. I've spent hours with Jehovah Witness people, come into my house and sit, gave them tea, we just talked. See, because I started out listening to other people that had these convictions. And, man, I I, I chased a couple of them down the street one day. (laughs) Ah, you're full of the devil. And I'm out on the street corner. I'm at my sister's house, and she's not even saved. And they'd come to the door, and I chased them, this woman and her little girl. I chased them down the street. And I'm down in the middle of the street thinking, what's my sister think? Why would these people ever come to the kingdom? They won't. They won't. If that's all they get, they won't come. And they were created in the image of God, and their names were written in the Lamb's book of life, and if they don't get saved, they'll get erased. They need to come to the kingdom. Now see, listen to me. What I'm talking about has nothing to do with any form of compromise to the truth in any way, shape, or form. But when you put love out there first, God will show you how to minister truth and stand for the truth without compromising. And you don't have to do it to offend people and be ugly with people. But listen, he's matter of fact. And he said the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Right? And if we really believe that, then, man, we, we've got to be about our Father's business, and we've got to be crusaders, but yet in the right way. You cannot do anything outside of love and accomplish what God wants accomplished in the other. You, you'll never do it. If it's outside of love, it won't work. Amen? Amen? So, that... Um, So, so that kind of settles that in, in chapter 16. Look at chapter 18 and verse 18. I mean, in ver- not 18, but in verse 8. This is the parable of the unjust judge toward the persistent widow. Um, and verse 8. Says this, and I'm just because I I don't have time to read all that. I just want to look at this one thing. He says, I tell you, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Everybody say, When? So that it didn't say if, it says when. So, one thing I'm settled on the Son of Man is coming. Do you know since the, since the early 1820s, since that time when several things happened where the word rapture became prevalent, or not prevalent, but it began to evolve, the word rapture, which is not mentioned in the Bible. the Catching away is, but not rapture. But when that happened... A, a, a lot of things begin to change in the, in the church world. There, there's never been an issue about the coming of the Lord. The Lord is coming. When the Son of Man comes, what He's looking for is people that have faith and trust and confidence in Him. Not people hiding in a cave somewhere or afraid of bad things going to hurt them. or all those. But they're living by faith on a day-to-day basis. But since the early 1820s, over 100, I don't know what, exactly what it is, I, I quit counting at 100. But over 100 predictions have been made of the coming of the Lord through the rapture of the church. Over 100 predictions. And it's 2017. And he's still not here. Because he doesn't even know when he's returning. That solely is reserved for the Father. So does it matter which way He's coming if we just believe He's coming? And and He's coming to create a new heaven and a new earth. I don't know what that's going to look like. But this earth here is a replica of heaven. In in other words, when God made this place, He was looking at heaven and it was a replica of that. So He's going to make a new heaven and then make a new replica and we're going to live with Jesus forever. Amen. And that's coming. That's coming. But remember, see, people accuse him of being slack, but a day's a thousand years. So it may be tomorrow, or it may be a thousand years from now. But he's coming because he cannot lie. Can you say amen? So when the Son of Man comes, what's he looking for? You and I to be operating and living our lives in faith and trust that God is who he said he is and he will produce what he said he'll produce. Wow. Awesome. So, John 3, and this is just worth repeating. John 3 and then I want to go back to 2 Peter and I'll end with that. John 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 18. He who believes in Him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Look at the last verse. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So, we're all set up to receive, but only those who receive will see everlasting life. So it's, it's, a, it's a given. I mean, if, if, I, if we can help people... See, for 40 years now, this has gotten deep down inside of me that this is life. <clears throat> I'm about the Father's business. I'm doing what the Father said. I'm living this life, and I'm allowing conviction to lead me and empower me to overcome in the situations of life every day. So as I walk by faith, I'm in a position to help other people. I'm not here to just live out, you know, 70, 80, 90 years or whatever, just live it out and be more concerned about my retirement than I am about the Father's business. See, so about, God doesn't want you more concerned about your career and how many years you work that career and those kind of things, but the people in the career that you touch. He's more concerned about that than anything else. He wants us to be about His business and when I'm busy with his business, then people's lives get touched and they get changed. Can you say amen? Now go back to Second Peter 3 and I'll end with this. We'll start with verse 1. <coughs> and this is just good reading right here. <coughs> Where did I tell you? Second Peter, Peter, right. Just making sure you're on your toes. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts and saying... Where is this promise of his coming? Let me read that verse 3 again. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. In other words, walking according to their own plan, what they think is right, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Wow. I don't know about you, but I hear that all the time. I was talking to a guy. Um, I was somewhere. Oh, I was in the Ukraine. and I was talking to a guy there. And, uh, and in so many words, this guy's, explanation of why he had not well he he not only did he he wasn't accepting god he'd never even heard of the things that i was talking to him about he'd never even heard it no, nothing about it and uh, his faith was in the economy and everything continuing on and everything being the same you know why why would i trust in something out there when i I you know I go to work every day and I do this and he didn't realize the bondage in his country that he was in and he was just going through the motions of every day and that and see see people are moved by well you know it's been this way forever and you know it's never going to change and I mean you know sometimes I think so you think that you're just going to live forever you think you're just going to exist forever there's an end one way or the other I mean, even the world believes they're only going to live so long and they're going to go to the grave. And if, if you believe that, why, why not you know, even be open to other things? Surely, this isn't all there is. But you know, it, it, it's, it's staggering sometimes and that's why you will never help somebody by arguing with them about what they believe, only by praying that their eyes be opened up so that they can see and hear. And then at the right time, God will make sure someone comes across their path that will minister life to them. I'm telling you, praying for people that their eyes be opened up and the blinders be lifted off of them is more effective than anything else. Can you say amen? So they're saying in verse 4, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water, the days of Noah. <clears throat> but the heavens and earth which are now preserved by the same word are preserved for fire until the day of judgment and of ungodly men until that day of judgment. But, verse 8, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some have counted slackness, but His long-suffering toward us. He wants you and I to get it. And I'm just telling you today, whatever it takes, you got to get it. You have to get it. Don't don't raise your hand, but let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever had doubts that you're even saved? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have ever had doubts? If I I ask you to raise your hand, probably everybody would raise their hand. At some point or another, you had a doubt that you were even born again. That's why you have to be convinced. Because if he can talk you out of it, and you turn away from God, there's actually three verses of Scripture that talk about there is a place. Now, I, I've, I've never met a, actually a person that tasted of the good things of God and turned away from God. I've never met anybody like that. But the Bible says there's that that can happen. And that happens when you get saved, but you don't grow up. See, when you get born again, you have to grow up. And when you grow up, then these truths become revelation to us. See, days a thousand years because God is not slack on his promise. Jesus is coming, but he's looking for you and I to be in faith. He wants us in faith. You've been attacked in your body, he wants you developing faith. He wants you in faith. You, you've been attacked financially, he wants you in faith. He wants you learning from him, he wants you in faith. You've been attacked with, you know, you know Pastor, I haven't slept in a year and a half. He wants you in faith. My beloved have sweet sleep, the Bible says. As Dahlia said earlier, what she began to confess over her finances, now in Israel they're buying her book. Right? That doesn't just happen. It happens because we put something in motion by the things that we say. And we have to believe in what we say so that we believe God's word. He is not slack. He's coming back. He's coming back. But he wants you and I in faith. And so he's long-suffering. Father, only one that knows when Jesus is coming back, but He's not coming back, and you don't have to be afraid of His of His, of his return. Do not be afraid of Jesus coming back. He's coming back. I don't know what it looks like. I don't. Well, what's what's that going to look like? What, what, what do you mean a new heaven and a new earth? I don't know. I've not been around when they made them. Huh? I don't know what that looks like. It just says it. And so, I don't know about you, but I'm living on a planet that God made, right? My, my, when, when my feet, this is a stage, but you know, made, the stage was made out of the planet. And, and when your feet touch the ground, you're on a planet and you're not flying around, you know. Gravity's to the point where we can walk on the planet and do it. And God made this whole thing. And he's going to make a new one for you and I to live in for eternity, and we get to, for, for a period of time, we'll live down here on earth with Jesus for, for at least a 2000 year period, maybe longer than that. But, but, but a day's a thousand years, so who who knows? Maybe that's you know however many thousands of that it would be with the, if a day's a thousand, you know, whatever it'd be. Huh? Does it really matter? We get to live in a new heaven and a new earth. We don't have to drive, you know, it'd be like having to drive a, what was that that old car, Randy, from the 70s that uh, had all the glass all the way around it? Pacer, that's what it was. Woo, those pacers, huh? I had a friend that drove one, put put like 500,000 miles on that pacer, (laughs) and he was really proud that that baby lasted for so long and none of the windows ever broke in it. Put like 500,000 miles on it. I don't want to drive a 500,000 mile pacer. I want, to, I want something new. I want something that works. I want something that's good. I want something that you don't have to pray over every time, you know, you leave the house to go to the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right? Right? Come on. If there's there's good cars and there's not so good cars, how many know the good ones are better? Come on, everybody. I, I don't care if you have one, you know, that you got a kick to start it. Whatever. Do that, but believe God for the new ones. You see? Whatever it is, God will make sure he comes to pass. He's coming back. Amen? He's coming back. Heaven's a real place. It's where Lazarus went. But that rich guy, he didn't. But it wasn't because he was rich, because he didn't accept him. Amen? You say, well, that was before the cross. Yeah. But he's already on the other side. So something definite. I mean, I'm not the one explaining, well, this guy went because of this, and this guy didn't go, and Elvis won't be there. And you know, I mean, I I, I mean, pe- people try to answer all kinds of questions. Why this? Why? No, no, I, I'm not the judge. He's the judge. But I promise you, he's not trying to get people to hell. We were created for heaven. We were created for him and with him. Can you say amen to that? So today, I'm telling you, rejoice. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and your destiny and your future is heaven. Glory to God.